All right, and welcome to Now This Is Podcasting. I'm Connor, and I'm here as always with Calvin. Hello. And we have Katya with us again. Hey. And today we're talking about Hatching. This is a Finnish film that uh, was released recently, and we were pretty excited to see this. We saw this one at the sea in uh, downtown Denver again. Uh, it was us and two other people, as, as usual. <laughs> that place was must it? be subsidized by like something, right? Because they're not, because the tickets are cheap, the beer is cheap. <laughs> and almost no one goes and sees movies there. Yeah, so. it's all through the Denver Film Festival or like the Denver Film Society. Um, so they take da- donations and you can be a member and you can uh, Help pay $5,000 a year and have your name something. You can rent your own theaters and watch your own movies. They right. do a lot of stuff. Yeah, which I mean, we mentioned that if you in our last review of uh, World's Fair. Um, has a whole gaggle of people yeah, there. We, so many that they forgot to start our movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Giggle gaggle. Well, I thought we were actually going to be able to, oh my God, <clears throat> there's actually going to be other people in our theater. And, and we're oh. going to get a gift bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Like I felt so underdressed that night. I, I have like this ratty ass like hoodie I wear everywhere <laughs> with like holes in it. And I walked in and yeah, like people were in suits and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I looked bad because I thought they were going to our movie and they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They have like gender neutral bathrooms. And I heard this one girl, she's like, I am not going to the bathroom with Chris. I see him every day. <laughs> I don't want to see him pee. I'm going to go into the one with six stalls, not two stalls. <laughs> like, there's a lot going on. In yeah. That, that was, um, like, if you haven't been to the theater, I go into the, th- the same bathroom that was the men's bathroom before just because of habit. Like, I always that was how where I always knew it. Yeah, easy left turn. Yeah, exactly. Well, and then and I they came have out. Yeah, and then I came out, and there was like uh, a woman, and uh, like sh- her, um, like uh, wallet was sitting on the uh, sink, and I looked, I saw the wallet, and I was like, "What, dude? That is a big phone case." <laughs> and then I thought it was a woman, and I was like, "This is weird. I'm not gonna make it a deal, though. I'm just gonna wash my hands because like I have to have, obviously wash my hands in front of someone else." And so there were a lot of things going on. In <laughs> like if there had been no one there, you would have just snuck out. Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly anything. a changing world. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so Hatching is directed by Hannah Bergholm. Calvin, can you say it correctly? Because you corrected me when I tried I, to say it. <laughs> I, I mostly did it out of pretentiousness. <laughs> I mean, I can't say it very well, but uh, there's such a thing as a Finn Swede or a Finnish Swede. Uh, a large part of this uh, western, southwestern part of Finland speaks Swedish as well. Um, and this, to me, looks like a Swedish last name. And when G's come in the middle or at the end, they make a Y sound. So it would be Hanna Birholm. Perfect. You can say the director's name from now on. <laughs> I won't Anna. say it. I mean, I struggle enough, I think, with, with people thinking that my opinions matter. So. <laughs> uh, it was written by Ilya Ratsi. And this was, again, we said it was released pretty recently. It had a budget of $4 million. I thought it actually looks pretty good for a $4 million movie. I, I thought they pulled that's, off like a lot of like really oh, cool stuff. That's amazing if it's yeah. only $4 million US dollars. Yeah, that's what I... Yeah. Probably uh, just for a couple people. So far, it's no, made... It was in euros. Really? Mm. I mean, that's what this, what Google is telling Now me. you're making me look dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have to correct how you say everything. <laughs> oh, <Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot closer than I thought it was. It's only yeah. 1.05 right now. So it's basically 4 million. So I could have just said that? <laughs> <laughs> so you could have just said Wait. about 4 million. <laughs> you asked? It's like 4 million dollars. No, actually it's 4 I'm, million and 1 dollar. <laughs> I'm editing that out and I'm right. So. I, was, I was about to say, I mean, at least we can shave oh, some time off of this discussion. 
He's such a dickhead. <laughs> they mean the exchange rate used to be a lot higher. It did. It was like $1.3 for this, a euro. Yeah, this changing world, it's euros, it's bathrooms. I can't keep up. <laughs> okay, so, so far it's made 400,000 mm. uh, euros. So not that much. <laughs> I have to look it up now. <laughs> so sorry. It's okay. This is all easily Just editable. say units. Just say units. <laughs> <laughs> The economy of units. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then people can just be like, which unit? And then they can figure it out themselves. Okay, so. that was 430,000 US dollars. Okay, okay, so I did have the correct information it's for that. Pronounced, it's USD. Yeah, USD. <laughs> USD. Uh, but so far, this has made 400,000 in the box office. And it's cool that we got to be a part of that because I always want to support kind of the smaller films and especially like going to the sea. So it was, it was pretty good to go to. I liked every once in a while to grab an IMDb review to start these episodes off. And I have a, 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 a kind of a spicy one that I think describes the movie for me, for sure. And maybe Calvin, but Katya is going to be the, the one full of controversy on this episode. Controversy. The possible voice of reason. <laughs> yes. No, the, never mind. <laughs> so the review is titled Imminently Okay, <laughs> <laughs> which I laughed so hard at. I was like, God damn, I wish I had come up with that. <laughs> It, they go on to say, uh, if this was in English, uh, the rating would be half of what it is. It's just okay. It's there, it moves, and then it's over. Uh, you can read deeper into the meanings if you want. People have told me things about my scripts that I don't think are there. Uh, it's nicely made and acted, but eventually it's just a big so what. Which to me is ex almost exactly how I feel about this movie. Because I went into this thinking really highly of like every international film and like non-English film we had watched. We've watched like some really good ones like Lamb and uh, The Worst Person in the World, Drive My Car, which I eventually came around on, even though like I initially didn't like it. It's, it's an excellent movie. So I went into this like Finnish horror, like this is going to be high minded. It's going to be it's going to explore like all these different routes. It's going to have like maybe a commentary on a, a social issue or it's going to like dive deep into some, uh, you know, dealing with the shadow self or something like that. And I ultimately walked away with this is like this is Finnish Blumhouse. <laughs> like this movie is like it's 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 crappy horror is is kind of how i ended up walking or, i mean i wouldn't call it crappy horror i think just overall Maybe generic horror I, yeah, would be a better way to put yeah because i wouldn't say that overall like the the genre of horror is crappy it's just generally simplistic for the where these things come from like all of these deep psychological issues that we work through in in um media uh expression um are generally just trying to scare people now like it's not it we're not really concerned with why any of this scares us anymore which is what it what makes them so boring well and i think there's a difference between horror and crappy horror like i think blumhouse <laughs> is crappy horror but we've talked about like hereditary and the witch and uh i mean even midsummer is is yeah. really a horror movie i mean a lot of i've heard a lot feeling of feeling of a horror movie yeah I've, but i've heard a lot of people were uncomfortable by some yeah. Some parts of that movie. What? I liked this better than Hereditary. <laughs> wow. 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 So, that's, see, that's what I'm I just said. Gonna you were, say that. <laughs> you were going to be the controversial one because, because that. Her head fell off and there was no blood and it was like, what? There happened? was actually a lot of blood. Okay. We yeah. need to go. I'll watch it again. Yeah, our, I thought it was stupid. <laughs> I thought that whole movie was like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh now there's even... a demon. What the. Oh. Did we even watch the on? same movie? Oh my god! Yeah, oh god. we did. It was like, girl, blah blah blah, fire. The end. 
You've described <laughs> Ari Aster's masterpiece perfectly. Yeah, that's we, what I got out of that movie. Don't worry, we have a two-part episode that you can, or a two-part series you can listen to. Yeah, I'll listen to it. So this one, <laughs> I didn't think this one was crappy. I thought it was like, I don't think it would have. I don't. I thought it was going to be a lot more scary than it was, but also thinking about this little girl, which we'll get into. But it was so scary. What's the situation she was in? And where that the the hatching hatched from that was really scary, like equally as scary as like in the World's Fair where Casey's obsession like hatched, like where that came from. I thought it was very creepy. Okay, no. And I think there's a difference between me having a poor opinion of it as a a good horror movie. It certainly is creepy. It captures like atmosphere really well. I think at least for the first half, it does a really good job of that. Uh, But Calvin, what is your first impression of this? Yeah, I mean... I think that guy on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> I really should have found the up. username and given him credit because that's a great, a, great. a shout out. Yeah, I think that's what's what what I felt so strange. It's like I was like I was on the edge of my seat. Like, where is this gonna go? What territory are we gonna explore? Are we gonna get into like um, social media? Are we gonna get into uh, shadow self? Are we gonna get into and and then it was just like, oh no, the creature's just real. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well. I don't know what you're trying to say then. Yeah. Uh, It's very, um, I think that you needed to make some things a little bit more representative to drive home those points. Um, Because otherwise they they, they dangle uh, as loose ends, um, as routes like unexplored, um, uh, you know, choose your own adventures. You know, those are routes that were unexplored by this movie and they could have gone that direction, but you just need another, I guess you got to have to do another playthrough. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that idea. It certainly going through the movie, I felt like, oh, like what an interesting topic you've brought up. Like, I am excited to see how you explore this more. And then 20 minutes goes by and it's like, oh, another interesting topic. Are you going to explore this one more? And then another 20 minutes goes by and this is only an hour and 26 minutes. So you only have so many segments of things yeah. to talk about. There are so many theses you yeah. can bring up before finally like the movie ends. Well, and then... The the thing that troubled me about this one is that it never latched onto a single idea to drive home the end. Mm-hmm. The end just is. Uh, I I really like that. It's like it's there. It moves and then it's over, because it never it never felt like it captured one topic to be about. It sort of teased a lot of topics. Uh, but with that, uh, Katya, what is your what's your first impression of this? So I can. Um commiserate or understand the idea of not necessarily latching onto one thing but I think this is where my viewing of something as a simple story really helps me because I see a movie as oh there's Tina there's the main character that it's about her I don't I I was looking for other things which kept me engaged but I also thought this is about Tina this is about what's happening to her and that's all really scary so I thought it was Pretty. I thought the layout of the movie, like all of the the house and the way it was um, visually presented, was beautiful. I thought it was very engaging. I thought the monster was amazing as a monster. Mm. Yeah, you have more information on it later, which I'm fascinated by because the creature design in this yeah. movie is outstanding. Well, yeah, which you guys like too. It was like that was a cool monster. That's that was certainly a cool creature. one of the high points. Is yeah. the, the creature design is like it, it's it's one of my favorite parts of the film. Yeah, so initially, I thought it was very captivating. I, like, stayed engaged the whole time. So, I'm a fan. 
No, and I, I like that. I, I, it's these conversations get better if uh, we have like differing opinions on them. So I, I'm always excited uh, to hear more about like why I might be wrong, or to prove someone else wrong. And so it always I mean, makes that me... feels like yeah, like why we do this podcast, right? <laughs> but you, the problem is you can't prove me wrong. Just is <laughs> always right. I forgot that that was rule number one. That was it in is... your when you joined us. That was in your contract. It's the rule just for this episode. <laughs> So before we move further on into our ideas on this, I just kind of want to give a kind of a brief overview of the film. It starts out uh, like pretty beautiful Finnish family. Uh, Their home gets wrecked by a crow. Uh, And then the crow is killed by the mother of the household. And the daughter, uh, Tina, that you mentioned earlier, Katya, she goes, finds the bird, finds its egg and cares for it. It ends up growing very large, I assume through her love. And it hatches this creature, the aforementioned great designed creature. And it goes about kind of carrying out like these really violent acts. And the movie kind of, I feel like, teases, like, is this a real creature? Is it Tina? What is like the motivation of this creature moving forward? And it all kind of culminates in this like uh, this big climax at the end with with stabbing and well, and, and uh, it, like a pretty tragic end to a character we've come attached to. Yeah. So it it feels like it's a it's going to be kind of a good story you know like it, it feels like it's got all the bones of a really good story there and i just kind of want to dive into deeper into what things worked in this and what things didn't one of the things that worked for me was the aesthetic i thought it especially in the first half carried out like creepy horror movie really well uh it was really kind of minimalist in the way it used the creature initially and then it kind of just goes all out with the creature which i loved there wasn't like that anticipation like just little shots of it like through a doorway or or anything like that i kind of like that they just uh threw this thing out there like pretty immediately you got to see like what is a, a, a great creature design uh katia can you elaborate more on like what went into it because i just think that's so important to what i think is one of the better aspects of the movie yeah the creature bum, bum. the creature so i listened to an interview with the director and she was like yeah, I just Googled the best animatronics-like <laughs> person. And then she reached out to them, and it's the same guy. Oh, it's uh, Gustav Hogan or something. Don't look at me. I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> H-O-E-G-N. But he... I um, like that you were so critical of pronunciation <laughs> that every time someone says something, yeah. they peer at you real quick like, to make sure I, it's right. Do you know this person I'm talking about? But he did like he worked with the Dark Knight and with Lucasfilm on multiple Star Wars, and he oh, did wow. like uh, Game of Thrones stuff. Oh wow! Yeah, so he, I mean, if anything that was consistent with Game of Thrones was certainly yeah, was you know everything other the than the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it started out as a puppet, which was so cool, and like the director really liked like E.T. and that kind of stuff. Growing up, mm-hmm. uh, she didn't really like scary movies, which made her so interested in them. But uh, so it was very much a, a a puppet that slowly, you know, transformed into, you know, more than a puppet as, right. it, as it went on. But uh, that's how it started, which was really cool. I like love kind of the... people or whatever, which is crazy to think about planning it. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love this scene where you kind of get the first full view of it. Mm-hmm. It's crawling in through the window. And it. I remember what, like when we left the movie, I walked out, I was like, that's got to be puppeteered. I mean, it, it just had like kind of that marionette feel to it, but it was just so well done and it was so convincing in its look that I wasn't like, this is hokey or lame. It it was a, a totally like terrifying creature. And I, I anything, I think anytime you 
anthropomorphize an animal by putting human teeth in its mouth mm-hmm. it makes it a hundred times more scary yeah it's that the creature was terrifying i thought it was really well done and that's that's great i i i I usually like to do the research on the fun facts like that. You've been crushing it this last couple of weeks. So. Hashtag crushed it. Yeah, that was great. I, I, I love learning about that kind of stuff. All the behind the scenes stuff is fascinating to me. But yeah, uh, as far as the creature design goes and then kind of how it plays into the story, like how do you feel about that, Calvin? Like what is the, did the tone and atmosphere of this movie work for you, even though other things didn't? I think what's so fascinating about what you say when you say like the, a trip, a typical horror movie wants to keep the creature until the end, right? That's the you, the whole point of, of horror is about what we conjure in our own minds. It's never about what we actually see. So when you put something um, into the story like that, it becomes a different type of horror. It's this very gruesome, gross. There's, it's not concerned about what our necessarily about our anxiety of what is to to come. You know, I think that's that's the big. Um, that's the major form of horror in American film. Um, but this body horror, which I'm, get, I'm getting more and more uh, familiar with, uh, we're also going to do, we've teased it a couple of times, uh, we're going to do a, a series on uh, Julia Ducournau, which is, uh, she does Titan and Ra. And <laughs> yeah, I, which I, I can't I, even, yeah. I don't, have you watched those yet? I've heard Ra described as a cannibalistic coming of age story. So if that gives you any yeah. hint to what the movie is about, yeah. like it's yes. <laughs> That's yeah. It's yeah, exactly. And that one's fairly tame compared to Titan. I cannot wait for you to see Titan because I I don't I can't so <laughs> body horror is something that I'm becoming a little bit more exposed to lately. And I think this is what's so interesting is because they they wanted to make this thing gruesome and gross. And when you say an expression it grew because of her love i think that's so interesting because i think when out of all of its actions it's the shadow self of tinya it's all of the the things that she um can't express it's all this anxiety and anger um and the creature is what acts on it not her and i think that's that's why it's what what this what, what this movie is so interesting it's like here's the monster it exists very creepy. You have to de- you have to deal with this ugly, gross part of yourself, and this is the way it acts. Yeah. Um, so overall, like I thought, I think that's a really cool and interesting way because we're not putting it off, and it's not this thing that hangs out in the shadows. It's something that she's having to confront that she's aware exists, but nobody else is. Which I just don't feel like they can they continued that conceit all the way through the end. I think there is, it was. Mm-hmm. It was there. Um, they just didn't make it the major focus and didn't explore it enough as much as I would have hoped. Yeah. I Well, the, the creature was definitely a good representation of everything dark in Tinia. And yeah, I agree. I don't think it grew. I think it it was growing because she was nurturing it in a way, but she was nurturing it with all of these like negative feelings. Like, like through her suppression. Yeah. Like she found the egg after she repeatedly rammed this crow's head in oh my god multiple 10 20 times it's like shrieking is like still i hear it it's actually it it makes me kind of want to get into the sound design more of this movie because i that the shrieking of the crow is great there's not a ton of score to this there's also not a lot of jump scares to this so you don't have like those big spikes yeah um in sound or anything like that uh but there's a lot of like creepy clicking and slurping and creepy clicking creepy like emerging of breathing and 
this creature is everything that she doesn't want to show and like mm-hmm. she can't show because they have this perfect you know social media life like it's very much like i don't know i think the reason i like this so much is i think it's a it's about Tina and this like hyper narcissist mom and like Tina's not safe and she can't control anything. She, she, the most control she has and that you see her nurturing this creature to life, but she still doesn't have control over it. She doesn't have control over anything. So I think the creatures, like it's really important that it's, you can see it, you can feel it. You're watching it transform because like, everything she's experiencing all of her trauma from this mom and this life like it is affecting everything yeah Mm -hmm. it's not just something that exists behind the scenes i mean it does exist behind the scenes but everything it does is very very important so that's why like i think it's both like important and unimportant that it's separate from tina like Mm -hmm. that they do things together but also separately like i think that's very uh, yeah I don't think it breaks anything for me. No, that makes sense. And I kind of want to get into more ideas of like what this movie is about. Like mm-hmm. You've kind of touched on it already, like uh, this perfect life, this social media life, the, the mother is a vlogger. And the movie kind of opens up with her being like, this is our perfect Finnish family. And the opening scene is like I mentioned kind of in the synopsis is this crow comes in and is just wrecking this like perfectly staged home they have. And... I think it sets the movie up really well to be a commentary on how how we live through our phones, how we only put like our best image forward, uh, how we are inauthentic all the time, or, or I mean, not we, but like how, how people are inauthentic. And my thought was like, okay, now you've got this creature growing. It's born from this, uh, you know, its own crow mother being killed. And so it's going to be it's going to be the force that starts to dismantle kind of the true evil in this movie, which is the the facade, the fakeness, the inauthenticity. And it feels like the first three minutes of this movie set that up so well. Mm-hmm. And then it never pursues that. It never becomes about making the family realize that they're not real and that they need to maybe come together and they need to have a real experience. Like, Tina has no real relationships. Well, yeah. Because I think it's about it's about her mom. It's all about Tina and her mom. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. The other people in the whole movie don't matter. Yeah. I don't think. Like, I, I think they're just props. Yeah, I think so too. They're they they really just drive plot points. I think I think what he's saying is what would have been an interesting idea is like she clearly cares about this creature, right? She's she's bathing it. What if it would be a force for good? That's almost that's almost like an and that's what subverts the expectations of the household and the um collective persona that they've created that would have been a really interesting and different type of horror story because that's the only that's another way reason that you would show the monster is because you would humanize it and make it seem like oh this is this isn't so bad it's very very ugly it's very something gruesome that we think initially and we would have um concern about its intent but then it, it, it kind of dispels that really quickly. Yeah, but uh, so I don't think it's about them creating this narrative. I think it's about the mother creating this narrative about her family. And we don't see her. We never see what she's posting. We don't even know if she has followers. We don't know what she's doing. We just see her controlling every single person in her life. And we see her. We see Tina as someone the mother has nurtured to be a part of this perfect life. And now Tina is not performing correctly. And now Tina has this creepy monster oh that's and so yeah 
nothing this monster does, like nothing Tina does can be good to her mom. doesn't matter what Tina does. It can't be good. No matter if Tina has her hair brushed and she's pretty and she like does her training, it doesn't matter because say she wins the competition, like her mom's going to have something else for her to do. So I think like that's where I think it moves away from, I think the social media thing sets the stage for like who they all are in this narrative, but and it makes it confusing because you think it, it needs to be about that. Because they keep coming back to it. Yeah. But I see what you're saying. It's actually that the relationship between Tina and the the bird creature is actually a reflection of uh, her mother and Tina's relationship. Um, and I think we're, you and I, Connor, are reading it so much into the psychological aspect of just herself. But it's really just an allegory. I just had the thought that... It's just trauma. Is that... The the creature is maybe just how Tina views. That's what she thinks her mother views her as. It's just this ugly thing that can't do anything yeah, right. Hundred percent. And I just had that like epiphany now. Like after uh, you've been kind of elaborating on why this movie is better than it actually is, mm-hmm. Katya. Uh, I'm maybe realizing this movie is still better than it actually is. Yeah. I still think it just it doesn't lead you it, to that. It never like it teases yeah. too many other things. But I will say, I think it's. It might be time to get off the Jung train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is where we deplatform. I think there's still that still exists, but we read too much into just the shadow self when really this is about bad mothers and it's about a mother archetype. And we just saw well, the not, bird as a yeah. as a shadow self. Yeah. It's about bad mothers. It's about like narcissistic type yep. parents and it so it doesn't have to be a mom, it can be a dad. And like I think like the dad in this situation is just a just a pawn or just like a prop that the mom oh, he's, has like subdued. he's terrible he's yeah, absolutely absent he's the worst yeah. and i think that like underscores uh, yeah. it i think one of the probably more important scenes that is probably going to be really understated in this film and maybe you won't like latch on to but tinia goes to talk to her dad after finding out that um her mother's been having an affair and it feels like she wants to confront him on this and like let him know and he's like he just so absent he cares more about his guitar he's like okay like conversation done now yeah and she leaves and so i think like everyone in this movie is pretty terrible like we said that the mother's having an affair absent father uh the brother who is just the kid from a christmas story (laughs) reborn as the devil like the worst little brother ever (laughs) just he he can only speak finnish (laughs) he's terrible (laughs) but like he's gonna turn into the mom i think he's like the the mom's prototype actually yeah like i think he's a narcissist uh the only the only like character that I think you can latch onto and like feel good about is uh, is actually the mother's uh, um, lover. Yeah, <laughs> Tarot. Yeah. yeah, he's great. He's actually yeah. like amazing in this, but, which, which is kind of at the same time makes you question whether he even is good because why is he having uh, an affair with a, a married woman? That's Finland. Again, that's what I'm saying. Is <laughs> this? That's kind of my point about this movie. Is it feels like it's just doing so many things, but it's never picking one thing to be about mm-hmm. because like. We give too much screen time to too many characters. Yeah, and if you want to make it about the mother has found a lover who is better for her because it's like the the father is abusive or neglectful or, or it just isn't a good person, but he seems like still a good guy. And it also, I mean, there's a scene where he's like genuinely hurt by his wife cheating. They're having breakfast at the table and he's like, your mother is very strong-willed and it's kind of just easier to let her do what she's going to do. So he's accepted the affair. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, he's kind of bad in his own way because he's, it feels like he's kind of passive to his children. Yeah. 
But the, I mean, this whole story still affects him too, and his wife's actions affect him too. I still think like kind of the worst character in this is the mother, but it's it's tough because I just I just have a hard time figuring out like what was this movie trying to be, and that's why I made the point. I just think it's kind of dumb horror because it never picked anything to be about. So all I can choose is for it to just be scary creature living in house. Yeah, but like the scary creature living in the house is like. I think it's always been there before the scary creature was living in the house. Mm -hmm. So that, that's where I like keep coming back to and seeing it. So it's hard because it is, I think without those scenes of it being a separate thing, it, it make that more accessible, you know, like without mm -hmm. like the scenes like, Oh, it is a separate thing from Tina. Cause right. it, for a while you're not like totally sure if it's separate from her or not. So you don't know, you know, really, I think we just need, tarot needs to be cut i don't think he really creates anything that wasn't already there in terms of uh narrative direction or in terms of theme um he just kind of provides a, a nice fatherly figure but it's just a kind of it's confusing with all of his other actions and in contrast with everything else that we see but if you like think about it in the terms of the mom being like this total like terrorist of her family and controlling person of her family it's like okay she's got the dad check like he's conquered or whatever now teen now i've got this new handyman boyfriend's like he's great i'm gonna be able to like remake my life with him he's got a baby like i can make him a the baby a better tina and now like tina's my girlfriend i'll tell her like oh like sex with tarot is great which oh my is god how so terrible was that appropriate i i yeah. was completely caught off guard by that scene like oh and don't tell anyone like this is our little secret like discussing her sex life i was like this is yeah. crazy because what's tina tina all she wants is to connect right tina's not gonna like say anything like the only time she tries to stand up for herself i think is going to her dad because that's the only other option and he's like yeah i'm i can't help you so she's totally helpless except to play into her mom's like game which her mom's game involves going to tarot's creepy house like yeah. to help her with her stress slash have sex with her boyfriend, which is so weird. Yeah. So part of the whole movie, which th the reason I kept trying to figure out what is this about? Because I thought a lot of the film was subverting expectations. Like we talked about earlier, they show the monster like right away. And I was like, okay, well then this isn't really a monster. It's going to be like a helper, or some kind of uh, important character to uh, Tina, And then to, go to what looks like a haunted house but it's full it has a, a a kind loving man in it who is like really nice to tina you got a baby in it so the haunted house like the aesthetic of it is actually like the nicest place she's been in in this whole the whole setting of this film and the real haunted house is this beautiful staged home she's been in and so part of my trouble with trying to figure out what the movie was really going on about is because it felt like it was constantly subverting expectations it was constantly not about what I thought like a traditional, maybe like American horror Blumhouse movie would be about. And, and that's why I was kind of confused. Do we want to get into like the ending of this film? The story ends where, uh, what is it? Ali is the name of the... Ali, this creepy lullaby song. Ali, the monster. Oh, that's right. And that's what the, this bird creature has yeah. turned into, basically a doppelganger of Tina. Mm -hmm. And she's in the house... The mother and Tina know about it. They warn the husband and son about it, and they're going to go and kill this creature. And like I said, it, it kind of undoes the idea of like the shadow self in us in this movie because mm -hmm. the creature's real. And then the mother goes to stab the doppelganger, and Tina jumps in the way, and she's killed. And then the creature drinks the blood of Tina and becomes 
the new Tinia. Yeah, but the creature drinks it on accident. <laughs> right, yeah. It, oh, it looked, I thought it was like, uh, to me, it looked like it opened its mouth. It was trying well, to. Well, yeah, it did. But she was like, I don't know. I don't think it was so much like, oh, like, it didn't feel like the creature drank it. It felt like, oh, this is what has to happen because neither one of them, like, can die, basically. They both have to live. Because both of these things are real. Yeah. And both of these things exist. And they're connected. And they're connected. So if you kill one, it's going to kill the other or they both have to live together. So the, like. So what I was going to say is it's also a visual conceit of uh, continuing the uh, motif of vomit and how she is feeding it. Did I say oh, this movie yeah. had. There's so many fluids. This movie had 66 more. Uh, 200. 66% 200%, 66% more vomit. 200% more yeah. vomit than you thought it would. <laughs> right. Okay. Because the trailer has. One scene where she's eating seeds and pukes it up to feed to the bird. Off off camera, at least. Like, you understand what's going on. Yes. But then there's a scene where a, a, the head or a headless dog is dropped in her bed and she pukes. The bird then eats it. And I, I, I was just, uh, I don't usually gag or feel gross at movies, but I was like, <laughs> there are too many fluids in this in this scene right now and it's yeah it's, it's pretty well, continuous and i was yeah. kind of taken aback by it i was and like i was not expecting it her face was covered with the the drool oh yes the drool. From that. and then she looks over in her I bed's forgot. covered in blood from the yeah. headless dog and, and then like she sick. vomits and the bird is like oh good dinner and yeah that's a lot to take in and the sound design <laughs> yeah. is great for the laughing of puke i was i was <laughs> i totally believed it it was all disgusting <laughs> see like all of this like the creature bringing her food like wanting her to regurgitate it and like tubby time and all the stuff that happens with the creature it just like reinforces the idea this is all about the mom and the girl and like the mom's like notes on her weight like the whole thing with the throwing up it's like oh she's just throwing up seeds but like she's throwing up everything when she throws up for the bird she's not just throwing up her seeds so like if you think about her throwing she's throwing up constantly like she is developing bulimia and like Mm -hmm. there's kind of like you're like, oh, it's just like hinting at it. It's actually for the creature, but it's actually for the creature and it's actually happening at the same time. Yeah, it's really both things. It's both it's, things it's, all at once. It's ve- it's a very smart way of doing it because it works in just a pure narrative sense, but it also I- indicates uh, the, the, I, the the type of uh, eating disorder that someone in gymnastics would do, especially oh, with a, certainly, yeah. and especially with a narcissistic mother who's always like, oh, you, you look like you've lost this. some of your baby fat finally. Oh, that was such a... It's like you're already... That, that's, that pounds. line made me feel so bad. Yeah, and yeah. she's over there like swooning over another baby, like oh. Yeah. No, I certainly think you've changed my mind a bit on it. I feel like the idea of the shadow self functions more normally in a film if it's it's has a more psychological take. The fact that this is a very literal take on two beings that are essentially the same person operating the world together is what threw me off. But if you think about like trauma or something like to that effect as like a thing that a affects as a phys- yeah a physical expression of it, it's like they are two different things interacting all the time. Like mm-hmm. it's something that's there, doing its own separate thing to its own separate people, and like that might be kind of a leap because it's not what I felt like when I was watching the movie. I was also just equally kind of like confused when I was watching it. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, there was all these connect. There was just so much between the mom and the daughter. It has to be about that. So I don't know. That's where I ended up. Well, and I think the idea of Tina is like, Ali is like her unleashing like that side of herself because she's 
putting the pillow over her ears because she's tired of the dog yapping and then the dog turns up dead. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is her like, I, I guess throughout the movie, I was like, I thought maybe this is what she would secretly want to do. Like a, a, a negative feeling she would have that she would never carry out. But this bird is like willing to do it for her. Or she has a competitor in her gymnastics gym who might take her spot. So the bird goes and attacks the girl. That way she's not in the picture anymore. That way yeah. she can have the spot at the meet. But then like the most, sorry to interrupt you. No, you're, no. The most interesting part is like when she decides to hurt herself and fail at the meet to save the baby. Because it's like, is she saving the baby because it's a baby? Or is she saving the baby for her mom and she's decided that this baby is more important to her mom than her competition, her competition is to her mom. So like, has she decided, okay, I'm not going to be able to be perfect, but this baby could be perfect. And that's why I'm going to hurt myself. Like, I don't think she thought into it that much, but like that part was really important because if she's trying so hard to please her mom, it, it's such a like, what would you do? Would you win the competition or would you save the baby? Like, which is more important to your mother? interesting i i really thought of it as you know i can i can see what you're saying as far as um the the, ollie um doing all of these things because it misunderstands the exactly what tina wants in the Mm -hmm. same sort of way that tina isn't doing exactly what her mom wants but something like it to the effect um the problem that i have is it seems to be that they um that Ali doesn't need to see what uh, Tina wants. It's like she understands what Tina wants and knows what Tina is thinking. That's why I got so hung up on the shadow self expression rather than um, the the more literal interpretation of it being an allegory between uh, of or or a manifestation of her um, relationship with her mother. So that's that's what I find ultimately a little bit confusing. I think they could have they could have made it a little a little less representative um in that terms like there it would have had to be a little bit more like i she said something about it or um indicated that uh she wanted to do this thing but held back um i i don't know about the baby though that's that's interesting like um I saw it more as just a, a protection of life. Like she doesn't want, she doesn't want to hurt her friend. She doesn't want to hurt this baby because she's ultimately a good person. Yeah, but she's ultimately not as good as that baby. I think it's because it's taboo to show a dead baby in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, <laughs> this baby, movie, yeah. this movie's gonna be wild if they kill that baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I think you've brought up good points. I still think it kind of falls into the column of. I'm reading more into the script and the story than is actually there because I just don't think they. I don't think they quite conveyed any single point well enough for me to land on it being this was what the movie was about. I think it kind of just jumped around too much and left too many threads loose at the end. But I but I certainly think you've made me come around. I'll, I'll rate it a bit higher, which is why I enjoy these conversations. Uh, I feel bad because it feels like Calvin and I have been ganging up on you this episode. Ganging up on me. The whole point of the end is just like, all right, crap. I can't just solve this problem. Now I have to deal with what I've created in my daughter, which is this weird hybrid creature thing yeah i actually like, think that the ending is super better. traumatized and like what's it gonna do i don't know now like yeah it's like pure trauma with like all of tina's memories 
I think yeah. that's, that's that's even more. It's more. It's actually a better ending than I originally came away from because it just didn't understand necessarily all of those things. It just thought of it as as shadow self. And now you have to. You just have this shadow self that seems to be merged together. But in in the framework of Jung's psychology, it it doesn't it doesn't work. It's not a very good uh, analogy. But in yours, it yeah, it makes it makes so much more sense. Like here's your real problem uh, that you've created. And it is much worse well, than, yeah. than it yeah. was in the first place. It's like you have, to, you have to confront this trauma now because that's all that exists now. Yeah. yeah. All that you have in front of you is not the daughter you thought you had. It's, it's all the, like you said, the problem you've created for yourself. Yeah, because you killed your real daughter. I mean, yeah. that's even, it's a, it's a much more elegant uh, metaphor than we really thought because it's very brutal. It seems like on, an on-the-nose metaphor. Like, oh, you killed your daughter. But it's a little bit better than we It's like I think you killed thought. your daughter and created this. Like you could have had a, a happy kid. Yeah. You could have had a perfect life. Yeah. Instead, you have a jawless crow. <laughs> your jawless crow that like wasn't a crow because crows don't lay eggs on the ground. So it was definitely not a crow egg. I mean, that's the other part of like, I thought like, okay, that was probably a dream. And that's why this is all a representation in shadow self. And then all of a sudden it's real. Like, oh my gosh, like, this is my working theory. is going well. Well, but I think the movie set it up for that too. Like mm-hmm. the bird got its neck snapped and then it's out of the trash can now. And she finds it in the woods. Like uh, there was a lot of stuff that made me feel like this was all nefarious spirit or something and not more supernatural yeah and not a personification of the daughter's like a side that she hasn't allowed to be shown yet or something that's been like unleashed out of her i just feel like that it just needed to it needed to tone down ideas that had that maybe had a uh, commentaries on other issues and it the, i just think the movie needed to focus more on one thing and then i think everything mm-hmm. katya is saying like really gets brought to the forefront and then you actually like then you actually genuinely have a movie that is much more high-minded than what we got shown. Yeah. Because I, th- I think every, all the notes are there. They just haven't been composed correctly to like give me the right story. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many, I think there's too many odds and ends and too many doors for this place to go on the hallway to the main narrative that you just get, you get kind of confused. Like, well, wait a minute. I guess I missed a few pieces in there. Because did that matter? I, I guess I missed that. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting ready to wrap this one up. On a scale of one to ten, how many bird seeds would you chew up and vomit for this movie? Oh man, that makes it. Is that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you to decide. <laughs> I would raise that creature like my own. Teeny hatch step. It's important. <laughs> I give it an eight point five bird seeds. Yeah, I can. I can understand that. I think that. Uh, I certainly overestimated this and then underestimated it. I don't know how that works. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I, and I, I almost, I still feel, I still err on the, um, this movie didn't meet my expectations because I just misinterpreted some things. And it, and I think part of it is because it didn't, uh, it wasn't very, it wasn't very tight and concise. Um, but it's still very good. It's a lot. I mean, I was, I mean, I was saying I'm ready to have my mind changed. And I, I definitely, this, you, Kati, you really changed my mind on this one. This is, it was much better than I thought. We were um, dogging on you at the beginning and now, yeah. I'm, I didn't even talk about the wallpaper. Or oh, did I talk about the wallpaper? No, you didn't talk no, about the wallpaper. No, it's great wallpaper. wallpaper. What no, wallpaper? Beautiful home. All of it. All the wallpaper. 
What is the wallpaper? So this is also why I think it's about the, the wallpaper in the house. It's all florally and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then the rooms that the mom designed in Taro's house, including the nursery, have very similar wallpaper. So it's like mm. another example of the mom like kind infecting of different areas. Yeah. yeah, herself. But also it's so cool. Like I'm like, yes, design my house. But <laughs> right. don't marry me. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I... It's a, it's a good movie. It's a solid movie. It's better than I thought. Um, but it's going to be a, a 7.1 for me. No, that's, yeah. I think that's about where I'd land to. I, we didn't even mention, I, I think one of the shots I, I really loved is the uh, the creatures like creeping along the floor. Mm-hmm. And you only see it in the reflection of like the dresser that she has. And you kind of see a little bit of underneath the bed. Because yeah. Because you see through. Very the- creepy. Very well done. Yeah. And it really, that's why I think like all the all the very good uh, atmosphere came from the beginning. Yeah. Once it changes from the creature into Ali, I sort of lost like kind of the horror element of this movie because yeah. now it's just like... Slightly different. Yeah. A different it, type of movie. You've, you've kind of changed your movie fundamentally at that point. But I thought that there was super great sound design and there was really good tense scenes. And I love that there's only maybe like one jump scare in this movie. Mm. Yeah. And so I, I kind of like the idea of Finnish horror where they maybe don't have the same propensity for violence and gore the same way an American audience does because there really isn't gore or anything in this. All the attacks, you kind of just see the aftermath of it. Yeah, but this this made you uncomfortable rather than an eye roll. This is more than yeah. most horror movies that we've seen. Oh, certainly, yeah. Yeah, because every like gross thing is also very tender. It's like, oh, there's a lot of vomit, but... Well, it's because the creature wants to connect. It is so... Like she's going to take care of it. Amazing that yeah. you're actually right about that, that... that <laughs> Eating vomit is actually a tender moment. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. Like, yeah. I, when the, the one in the trailer for sure, because it's also off camera, the other ones are a little bit more overt. Right. And then, yeah, especially when she's lapping it up, like after she's changed into looking like Tina and she's just like scarfing it down out of that fruit. Oh roll. my God. Uh, it looked like a bowl of fruit roll ups, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, but. this movie certainly doesn't sink to the level of like a wish upon. I mean, there it's certainly not, it's certainly not at what I think is a viewable level the way wish upon is. Yeah. Cause there would have been a lot, a line where, uh, Tina would have been like, Oh, Ollie's such a slut for bird seed. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, like that wish upon with the poster on your wall. Yeah. That one. There's, there's a line where, um, uh, where where the girl's trying to get something translated in Chinese and this dude's like, oh yeah, you could we could ask my uh, cousin and she's like, oh, how much would it cost? Like, oh, she's a slut for wontons. Don't even worry. <laughs> so they just buy her a box of wontons. Yeah, she's terrible. like, oh, she's like, cool, okay, yeah, I can get wontons, no big deal. And like, that's like, <laughs> there's like another line where one of the girls describes the main girl's dad. She's like, your dad is hot. Like, sriracha hot. <laughs> they, they, they call him hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's it just feels like someone who's like 55 like trying to write snappy it's teen dialogue. Fucking awful. And getting like it's the uncanny valley of dialogue for someone that doesn't understand <laughs> how uncanny teens valley. talk. Yeah. Well, it's like you hear it and you're like, Haha, "Wait. Yeah. What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what just happened? So this this movie, while it didn't reach the level of high-mindedness I expected it to, it certainly is much better than I guess maybe a, a, like I said, like a Blumhouse movie. Mm-hmm. It it still, 
I, I will still have my knocks for it because it, it, despite your really great argument for why this is a good movie, Katya, I, I just don't think it like reached that for me. So I'm still going to keep it like a six. It's fine. But it just like, it, it needs to pick a thing to be about. And it, it never felt like it latched on to any one of them very well. All right. And with that, we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, I just want to thank Calvin for being on as always. I'm always here. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, thank you, Katya, for being on. You genuinely did change my mind about this. Uh, I, I was like putting this at like like three or four. Oh. I was, I was like, this is like real lame garbage. This is just, this is stupid horror. And I didn't get a lot out of it. But you certainly changed my, minds, uh, changed my mind on how I needed to view this differently. Because I certainly had my own idea about like the shadow self. And this is all Calvin's fault because he's totally changed me on how I, yeah, how I think about that. It's 2022, Calvin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I'm just... Jungian psychology is out. Katya psychology is in. I'm just so hung up on my misogynistic arch- archetypes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A lady can be a narcissist. <laughs> oh, totally. But you certainly changed my idea on it. And and I that's why I always appreciate these conversations. So thanks for that. Uh, but yeah, with that, Thank we're... You. Yeah, with that, we're... <laughs> and, and you know, to... And speaking of like how how good you were at convincing, like he ended up putting drive my car at a five. Oh. He was at a three, so only a plus two points. Here you're at a, I guess a two and a half if we're doing three or four because Connor likes to no, do I'm those. No, I'm a plus three. Yeah, so up to a three. So yeah. you you're more persuasive than me. Yeah. But also, I, I mean, I was also <laughs> talking about drive my car, which is infinitely more unenjoyable. Yes. All right. Thank you, Calvin. Thank Just, you, everybody I, listening. I, please I, remember that when you see me I, on the streets. I have brown hair. So <laughs> please compliment me. But yeah, with that, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, yeah. Thanks again, Calvin. Thanks, Katya. You can find our podcast on any platform like Spotify or Apple Music. We also upload all these to YouTube. So go ahead and leave a comment. Tell us what we're doing well. Tell us what we're doing wrong. If you have any suggestions on films we can do in the future, uh, go ahead and let us know. And with that, thank you for listening to Now This Is Podcasting. <laughs>